0: Judges, please. Book of Judges, Judges, Chapter Five. I'm very conscious there of a spirit very conscious of his anointing, still am. Judges chapter 5, beginning to read at verse 1. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on that day, saying, Praise you, the Lord, for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, then thou marchest out of the field of Edom. The earth trembled, the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted from before the Lord, even at Sinai before the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose. That I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or a spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart is towards the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. Speak ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way. They that have delivered from the noise of the arches in the place, places of drawing water. There shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord. Even the righteous acts towards the inhabitants of his villages in Israel, then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead thy captivity, cat of thy son of Abinoam. Then he made him that remaineth have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. You know, here in ancient Israel, we're told that everything turned around. Evil became good. Good became evil. And the evil men took over. And even when you read, and let your eye run down to verse 6, in the days of Shamgar, the son of Enoth, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. Notice that. And the travelers walked through byways. Those who were of Israel started going out round the byways, the back roads, while open uh, sin was in the highway now. Couldn't travel the main roads. And it got so bad that the people were afraid to come out. They were afraid of people seeing them, so they actually went like sneaking from town to town round the back roads. But in the open and in the, if you want, the daylight, there was the sinner. There was the enemy of God's people. And the enemy was taken over. And they seemed to get weaker. And the devil seems to get bigger. And the people seem to get weaker. And the devil grows stronger. And that's all they could see. And God got that bad that the leaders of Israel decided they're finished. Decided the game's up. Things is over there's nothing we can do. We're just going to have to try to survive. My brothers and sisters, that is the state of many people that God has saved by his grace. They have decided that I ain't going to give up. They've decided, you know what, I, I can't be helped anymore. They've decided that the Lord has maybe forgotten us, the enemy has come in, and even when we see our nation the way it's went, Evil has become good. Good has become evil. They're out in the highways where we're now in the byways. We're in the back roads. And there's only a few willing to put their head out to see where the people are. We find here that Deborah, Deborah gives the idea of a, means bee or a, a honeybee. And she starts to pollinate like a honeybee. She starts to pollinate faith into the hearts of the people again. Barak means lightning. It gives the idea of a glittering sword pulled out of it and the sun bouncing off it, or lightning from heaven. And so we see here that all they can see is what's in front of them. The enemy is now in charge. The enemy is now in control. The enemy is now taking over. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Do you see, no matter what happens, how great the enemy stands in front of you, how big the enemy seems to be, how tall the giant seems to stand, how steep the mountain seems to be in front of you, how deep the valley is and how wide it gets and how dark it is, God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne. Just yesterday, there was treachery even tried with Ulster. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. But God already has plans. We need to be praying for our nation, for our people. And here we see even in individual cases of Christian homes and Christian lives, we're yielding too much to the enemy. We're yielding too much to what the enemy says to us when he's a liar. He's a liar. And there's enemies in the highways everywhere we go, darkness and, you know, Guildford, the dark town, and, and that's all I told you about, but when I was coming here, it was, oh, you know, there'll never be a work in Guildford, Guilford's a dark town, Guildford's this, and, Guildford, and, and, and revival missed it and went round past it, and that's all been said and that's all true, but at the same time, God is still on the throne. And He is still the light overcomes the darkness. Darkness only exists where there's an absence of light. Yes. That's the only place darkness can exist. And whether it's in our hearts, whether it's in our minds, when Jesus says, if the light that be in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? In other words, Jesus is saying, where is the light there? Let that light shine. Whenever you're going somewhere, you are the light. You are the light. And it might be dark all around you in your workplace or wherever, but you're the light and you'll shine brighter in the darkest place you go to. Your workplace may be full of venom against you. You know why? Because you're the only light there. Men attack the light, but sometimes we need to offer further. And I find that the the more God wants to use us, and the more God is about to use us, the more he will try us. The more he will try us. God doesn't tempt us. He tempts no man. He tries us. And you see here, we see where he's trying Israel, and they're feeling badly. In our reading, we see the flesh prevailing over spiritual matters. And you look at the state of the church today, and then look at the state of many individual Christians. We all go by what we see, what we hear, negative report, what looks twenty twenty. And listen, I go into it sometimes. We all do it at some point. When the Lord says, am I not your God? Are you trusting in your own flesh? Whose strength are you acting on here? Yours or mine, he says. Who is it that's greater, you or me? And this is what chapter 5 of Judges is about. God raises up a woman. You know why? Because all the men had backbones like wet noodles. There wasn't a man among them. It's time Christian men became Christian man again. The fluffy, bunny, lovey, dovey, hippie style love of the Christian church today, let's all embrace and love and free hugs everybody, all that sort of stuff. The gospel is go out in the power of the spirit and preach the word. That's the gospel. That's how people are one. And here we find that the Lord is looking for a man and he can't find a man. And he raises a woman. And Deborah. And Deborah could have went out and says, I ain't doing this my me, because God's raising me up. She becomes a mother in Israel. That's what we need the women to be. And mothers in Israel. We need them raised up where women of God will be godly women. And where women of God will be women of power. Women of faith. Women carrying the Spirit. The anointing. And here we find that spiritual matters are starting to wane. The enemy is prevailing, and God raises up Deborah. Notice what it says in chapter 4, verse 1, just at the beginning of the line. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. there's two two words there. The first word, and... And the next one is again, and again, and again, and again. In other words, they kept letting God down. They stopped walking in sonship as it were. They started to let the enemy prevail. And again, so they, the, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Do it here, and, and when you're reading it, it's actually, it's meant to make a, a striking statement. That's the way it reads in the original. And it says, it's, you know, and again, yet one other time, on another occasion, it's pointing, the Spirit's pointing something out to us here. Look at this. But you know the wonderful thing about all of this? No matter whenever it says this, The Spirit of God shows us that God in His grace continues with them. God in His mercy doesn't go to plan B, doesn't give up and doesn't let up. God perseveres with them. And He's saying, I have known you only of all the families of the earth. I have chosen you. It's God's purpose. It's God's glory. And that's what he does with you and me. It's all for his purpose and it's all for his glory. And we could say, well, how dare they? After all that God's done for them Red Sea experience and the manna in the wilderness experience and the water from the rock experience. How dare they? Yet the Lord says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob, not consumed. You know what God's saying? I am the I am, I have not changed. But because of you, sons of Jacob. Notice Jacob became Israel, so they're meant to be ruling with God, princes ruling with God. That's what we're meant to be. But instead we're twisters. <laughs> instead we've got the old flesh of Jacob. Instead we're saying they say, But you Jacob, you're off Jacob. Even though Jacob was elevated into princedom, sonship status with God. Even though that happened when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night and all his descendants after that, even though what happened, God says, and he uses the name Jacob, not Israel. This is way years later. And he says, I am Yahweh. I change not. Therefore, you know why you're not consumed? Because of who I am. Do you know why the enemy hasn't finished you off? Because of me. Do you know why you're still here? Because of me. Because I don't give up on you. Because I still love you. Because you're still mine. Because I've defended you. And even though you're of Jacob, in other words, God points to the old twister Jacob. Jacob means twister, cheater, surplanter. He says, and you're still like that in your flesh. Brothers and sisters, see that flesh of ours? It's still the same. My flesh and your flesh, if we allow it to overcome the things of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who's in us, our flesh is no different than the flesh of the man that's in the pub across the road from the church. Your flesh is no different. But if you allow him or her the opportunity, they'll take it and overcome the Spirit. Israel as a nation were doing this, and they allowed the enemy to come in. Paul says, neither give place to the devil. You know, the old devil's like one of those salesmen that used to see, you in the door of the encyclopedias under the arm of the vacuum cleaner, and the woman opens the door and he starts talking, he'll to close and he gets his foot in. And as soon as he gets the foot in, the foot in. As soon as he gets the foot in. Sounds like a Chinese meal, doesn't it? Foot in. As soon as he gets it in, he comes right in. Neither give a place. Don't let them have foothold in your mind, in your heart, in your life, in your family. Don't give them a chance. Put it away. You hear the door open, look through the spy hole of the word of God and say, ha, 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 you shall stay out there, devil. And Don't let him into the house. That is into your heart. But you see, they did that. And they let him into the house. That is... In the house of Israel. They let him in. They let other gods in. They let other loves in. Listen. When we talk about idols and gods. Idols and gods just aren't these golden calves. Idols that are made of wood and stone. Today there's many modern idols. Pop star idols. People following them. Movie stars. uh, Sports stars. Football. (coughs) Games. All sorts of stuff. All sorts of idols. And we allow things to get into the place where Christ ought to rule and reign in our hearts. And then we wonder when we feeling weak at it. Lord, what's happening? This is what happened here and again. And again. And again. You know the only reason you and I are able to continue on in the faith tonight? Because of who he is. The only reason you and I can move on in God is because of who he is. The only reason you and I are still alive because of who he is. The only reason you and I have any strength because of who he is. The only reason you and I aren't overwhelmed by the devil and taken into his grips because of who he is. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with me. Because of who he is. He says, I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. I am your God. And if it wasn't for me, Ken Davidson, (laughs) you'd be finished, son. See, he changes not. And he keeps loving you. He loves the unlovable, helps the unhelpable, reaches the unreachable, and saves the unsavable. And he heals the unhealable. He says, that's who I am. I know who you are. But you say, I am saved you for my glory, not for yours. So you and I are saved for his glory. But notice there's a wee thing I want to, a wee line I want to pull out here. In chapter 5, verse 2, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel. Notice when the people willingly offered themselves. See, there are now uh, that's the center of it that's the crux of it that's the secret key of it it's the secret key of you and I when we go home it's willingly offering ourselves you might think of the man that offered Simon Peter money to receive the Holy Ghost he says your money perish with you it didn't come with money He's not interested in your money. He wants your heart. Offer yourself. What did Christ do on the cross? He offered what? Himself. He gave himself. And the people get to a place where they realize, our God is still on the throne. Deborah, This little honeybee starts pollinating the flowers of Israel, as it were, going around, starting to speak, starting to talk to them about God again and the wonders of Yahweh, the Almighty God. Starts telling them, speaking positive about the things that God has done, who He is, the same, that He has not changed in spite of how they think or feel. You know, how we think and feel. It matters to us, but how we think and feel matters not to God. We don't go on our own thinking or feelings. We're going on who he is. And it's not what reports say or what a man says or a woman says. It's what God says. And this honeybee diver is going around. She's pollinating flower to flower, as it were, man to man. Stirring the people's hearts again until... And then husbands go home to their wives and say, Listen, there's this woman, Deborah. God's raising her up. She was an Ephraimite. God's raising her up in in Israel. And she's saying that God's still on the throne. God's still the same. The same God who brought us victory. The same God who, who, who we thought didn't love us anymore. He still loves us. It's still the same. The God who doesn't love you anymore that you're thinking, He still loves you. Not because of you. In spite of you. And Deborah starts speaking like this. And once you get into a negative mindset and you get around negative people, you know what happens? It starts to bring you down. Your faith starts to leak. (laughs) You're like a, a tire with a slow puncture until you're completely flat. You feel unusable. Well, God raised up a Deborah. She was like the patch on the slow puncture. And God started breathing the air back into the tower, and Israel started to rise again. God says, No, no. See when you're at your weakest? That's when God gets the glory. Now, you and I know oh, yes, Lord, it's all of you. We're all the same. Lord, it's all you. So all you, and things are going well, Lord, this is great. Or we're preaching well, or we're witnessing to someone, and someone is coming to the Lord, or we think things are going well. And and, and that wee bit of flesh in us, tends there at times, I don't, I'm pretty good. It's natural. It's just natural for the flesh. And then by the time we get the tires let down again, Lord, if you don't do something, I beat. Lord, if you don't move here, I, 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 I'm finished. And suddenly he starts speaking words of encouragement, words of comfort, words of healing, words of blessing, words to build you up, words to lift you up words and you start feeling yourself as it were inflating in him he breathes his spirit into you and you start feeling that you're getting your strength back again and then suddenly they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint and all of a sudden you're starting to lord you had to do it because if it was of me i would never have been able to do this you see that's where god gets the glory and god was showing israel and yet again because of chastisement doesn't mean he doesn't love you He chastises his people because he does. And don't think any of it is like chastisement. But when the people willingly offered themselves, it gives the idea to volunteer. It's like a soldier signing up for war. Do you realize if you sign up here, you're going to go into battle? Yes, Lord. Do you realize you stand up here you're going to have to put all your trust in what I tell you and how I lead you? Yes, Lord. Do you realize you're going to have to learn to train the fight? Yes, Lord. Do you realize in that I'm going to set you aside for certain days and you're going to learn how to use your weapons of warfare? Yes, Lord. Yes. Are you sure? I'm willingly offering myself. He says then, come join me. It's surprising how many people think that The Lord's just going to do something. And it's just going to happen. And you're going to be automatically so full of strength. Some years ago, I spoke to someone and they were, they weren't long saved. And they were starting to speak walk in a spiritual realm that I felt was very dangerous. So I went to see them and I said, look, when you're saved, God hands you your your armor, but you need to learn how to use it. You're not ready. I went into the whole demonic realm, fighting against all sorts of stuff. I can't go into it. They wouldn't listen to me. I went back a second time. And from then, they're destroyed. When you're in an army, you're set aside and you go training to a training camp. You learn how to use the weapons. And unless you learn how to put that armor on right and use the weapons, you know, you're not really fully offering yourself because God will turn around and say, He'll tell you when, to, as it were, in the army, He could tell you when to go to bed, when lights out are, when to get up, what you're going to eat, when you're going to clean the canteen, the naffy, and all that sort of stuff. You're going to be out in drill. Then you'll be out on the field. You'll be doing sports. You'll be doing, and this is to build you, get you used to training, target practice, and suddenly it becomes not just something that, well, I'm a sort of a soldier. It becomes a way of life. You live it. You live it. Ministries like that. Going on in God's like that. Where it's not just something we do. Because we think it's something we should do. But rather. Being a Christian is like that too. We do it because. We want to go on in God. And we're willingly offering ourselves. Up to him. To say Lord. Lord what is it you want from me? And the Lord could say, I want you to give that thing up. I've known people where the Lord has asked them to give big things up and small things up, but the small things to them were big. And as soon as they handed it over, the blessing came. It was a victory, not a defeat. And I remember the Lord really wrestled with me for a long time over a certain issue. I just wouldn't do it. And he kept confirming the word, kept confirming it to me. And I knew I had to give it up, but I loved it. And I wouldn't give it up. Until one day, I couldn't carry it anymore. And I says, Lord, if you speak to me tonight, through your servant in the Bible study he doesn't know what this is about I'll give it up I got into the Bible study and the scripture was wherefore come ye out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing it was exactly just like oh and in my seat I said Lord Lord, it's done in my heart it was as good as done there in the end, and the blessing came with God the surrender brought the blessing. And when we think of this here, Deborah said, when the people willingly offered themselves, and God sometimes wrestles with us, rather than us willingly, better to surrender quicker, for then the blessing comes. Alison used to always say to me, Ken, you're thick. Still does say that, actually. She would say, Ken, you are thick. The problem is that you bring us with you. You run round the mountain, you travel round and round and round that mountain, says says, until suddenly the light bulb comes on, you go, oh yes Lord, okay I'll do it. She says, and you could have had it done a long time ago. She says, you're like Israel in the wilderness, you're walking around for 40 years and it's only a couple of weeks across the desert. She says, what is wrong with you? And I go, I just, I am thick. <laughs> Sometimes we're thick with the Lord. Notice what it says. I want to wrap this up. I don't want to keep this going. It says in verse 4, The Lord went us out of Seir when thou marchest out of the field of Edom. The earth trembled and the heavens dropped. The clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted before the Lord, even at Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. And the idea here is there was a storm came. The presence of Israel in that area when they start moving and willingly offering themselves, God starts working on the enemy. When you read of Edom and Esau and Seir, S-E-I-R, or Idumea, they're all of the same peoples. They're all Esau's seed. And all these people round about and it says, see when you willingly offer, the enemy's all around you. All you had to do was to say this, Lord, here we are. Have your way. And he says, okay. And he says, there's rains and there's storms came and the enemies were flushed out, as it were. God brought a storm, brought earthquakes. God can do whatever it takes for you when you yield yourself to rescue you. Remember Paul and Silas in the jail? They started singing at night. At midnight, they started to sing. God sent an earthquake. God can send an earthquake if it takes that to release you. It's when we get to the place when we say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And I wrote this before I come out. There is an open heaven for every open heart. There is an open heaven for every open heart. If you're willingly offering yourselves or offering your open heart to the Lord, heaven's ready to drop. Heaven's ready to give you more than you could ever imagine. More than you can take in. You say, Lord, here's my heart. Whatever you want, here am I, send me. Heaven will open and come down. So, it says that people willingly offered themselves victory comes when we are willing to be touched by god's spirit victory is ours when we're willing for him to change us to yield to him to be used by him when we willingly offer ourselves to him the lord went out of seir when thou marchest out of the field of eden edom notice this when they get together they offer themselves the Lord, and in faith, and in faith now, they're saying, enemies are all around. How do I get out of this? Take the first step. The definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something to change. The devil's all around, the enemy's attacking, and God says, now step out now, let this be the moment, let this be the time, let this be the day, let it be the night, when you move forward in my name, take the first step and start walking. He says, and watch what I do. And as they started walking through the enemy territory, through the enemy camp, God started wiping out the enemy before them. He is the same God. He's our God. Do you know what says eight times the children of Israel did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord in the book of Judges? Eight times. Strange because the number eight is a number of eternal matters. It's like a number of big cars used to get the figure eight track. So you just sit there and you can't going round and round and round. That's why eight speaks of eternity. Just keeps going. And they did. Evil again. They did evil again. They did evil again. They did evil again. And here's what you often recognize why they did evil. God was still in love with them. He chose it because they were his. So, Deborah starts to sing. God raises her up she starts to pollinate she starts to say our God is the same the God who opened the Red Sea he's the same the God who brought us through dry shod he's the same the God who sent the manna and the quail he's the same the God who speaks he's the same Brothers and sisters, tonight let me be as it were a Deborah to pollinate the heart to say, see our God who done all those things who raised the dead who cleansed the lepers who cast out devils see our God who walked in the water who spoke when the winds were stilled and the storms they ceased to go the waves stopped splashing into the boat see our God who raised the little girl and the man from the tomb see that God he is the Old Testament God and he's the same our God tonight. He's the same. He's the same. That's why we love him. Now I, I got those thoughts, some of those thoughts just half four, five. And I thought I have to go and just read this. And I jotted a couple of wee things down. I don't know who it's for. Maybe it's for all of us. But it's to encourage us to go on in him. For Jesus glory and name's sake. Amen.